When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may contain coarse language. Listener's discretion is advised. Also, this podcast will obviously contain spoilers from Demon Slayer. Please beware. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to the Demon Slayer Podcast. I am your host, Vlor GTZ, and with me today I have our regular recurring co-host, Laser Kid. Howdy ho! Yeah, Laser, uh, how you doing today? How you feeling? I'm feeling alright, I'm feeling alright. Been been having a lot of fun with a lot of lot of other anime. I, I know there's anime besides Demon Slayer, but I'm I'm enjoying this this uh, season of Simuldubs. God, cheating on Demon Slayer, how scandalous of you. I, I know, it's it's horrible. I mean, the, the real person you need to complain to is One Piece. I, th- that poor One Piece has been cheated on so badly. Aw, oh, man. Poor, poor One Piece. Uh, I'm actually behind on the One Piece dub by a significant number's help. <laughs> see, now that's a real surprise there. Man, we're going to have to take a- away your One Piece card, Laser. I'm sorry. We- uh, I'm working on catching up before my Funimation runs out because I haven't moved that dub over to Control yet. Uh, hopefully soon it'll transition over and you can finally abandon the world of Funimation. It's literally the only thing I go back to the Funimation app for at this point is, is just to watch some One Piece to catch up before it ends. Mm, but Laser, do you know what is on the Crunchyroll website and app? Demon Slayer. That's right. And we're finally talking about the final four episodes of... Demon Slayer Entertainment District Dark that we probably should have recorded about earlier, but I've been busy and haven't had time to watch it until like right now. Wait, you you have you have things you do besides podcasting? Yes, uh, apparently I do. I oh, guess man. I don't just live in this podcast void where I just produce podcasts. I mean, I've been calling it the Velour Podcast Cinematic Universe for a while. <laughs> I mean, if it was a f- true cinematic universe, we'd honestly be releasing episodes more frequently, probably. <laughs> probably true. But see, the problem is that Disney doesn't own you yet. Unfortunately not. Maybe one day. Maybe, maybe someday. Maybe one day, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, we already covered the uh, plot of these episodes when we covered the sub. And I think we're we're very positive on it overall. Um, so this time around, let's just talk about like whatever really stuck out to us and uh, kind of highlights the the key moments. And I think the, the first thing I want to bring up is just, man, the animation. It's God. still beautiful, but oh my God, the episode 10 and episode 11, uh, just, they were just on point. Like the, the final scenes in episode 10, especially like we, we talked about this when we uh, recovering the original sub, but Yufa Table really went all out here. 
Oh god, yes. Like, especially with the moment with Tanjiro cutting off Gyotaro's, like, n- like head, and, like, just all the effects and, like, the the intensity, it all just came together perfectly. It's hard to really put into words, and I, it's, it's one of those things where you really just have to see it to believe it, because uh, I remember when season one came out, and we got that, like, really good episode 19 uh, fight with Rui, and I was like, man, this is, like, the peak of the show right here. I felt the same way at the time, because it was really good, and it still is really good. Yeah, and, and then somehow, like, this season, every week it just kept on one-upping itself. It's like, it, hey, it, yes. hey, you, you, you like that good animation? You, you think Demon Slayer's Kino? Well, we're gonna make it even more Kino, guys. We can make it all of the Kinos. Yeah, and it's like... It might be some of the best animation Yufa Table has ever done. Like, the bar for me before was uh, Fate Stay Night Heaven's Feel Movie 3, which has some insane animation. But honestly, there are some cuts in this season that rival or exceed that, which is weird to think about for a show that is a TV anime. Episode, te- episode 10 is theatrical quality animation. Just... Full stop. It looks better than Mugen Train. <laughs> it does look better than Mugen Train, which is so bizarre. It's almost like they're planning to just make a couple of movies out of it or something. Be like, hey, you like Mugen Train? How about Entertainment District, our trilogy? Considering they recut season one into movies, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this gets similar treatment. I wouldn't be terribly surprised either, and... Honestly, power to them. It's it did really well in the box office. Why not keep milking that? Exactly. It's the best of both worlds. You can watch it the way you want. Yeah, I'm sure all the film distributors want a piece of that Demon Slayer pie still. Oh, I I wouldn't blame them. On a personal note, I recently actually picked up Mukin Train rather than just watching it on streaming. Oh, nice. Have you re-experienced the train laser? Uh, nothing bad happened on that train. Hmm. I see. That that's good to know. That's very good mm. to know. Off the train, though, hmm, well, not so safe. Off the train, but on the train, nothing bad happened. I guess one other thing I really want to bring up is Yutaro's performance. Like, oh, was God. extremely on point. Like during his introduction, he was amazing. But even during a lot of the emotional scenes in the later episodes here, uh, just the delivery of like. Gyutaro's lines was just perfect. Like, I, I was a bit afraid that it'd be hard to take him seriously just from, like, how weird his voice is. But it it works. It really does work. And to their credit, they when it needs to not do that, he doesn't do the, the, the weird, creepy voice modulation thing when it doesn't fit. But he keeps it going when it does. And it, it, it's really impressive how they balance that. Um, honestly, the V scene with him that hit me the hardest was, uh, after he's dead and he's, you know, leaving for hell and, oh god, that scene hit me in the sub, but in the dub, it was a freight train. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, lines that I just didn't really think about too deeply in the sub really hit differently in the dub. I think, uh, a lot of Uzui's lines, too, uh, were, like, really impactful. I think, uh, one of the lines where he's like, 
I I have like uh lost more people than I've saved when he's comparing himself to Rengoku. There was like a line that I found like interesting in the sub, but from the way it was like said in the dub, it just sounded like way more emotional to me. And like it gives you that like side to Uzui that is more than him just being this gimmick flashy character. He's he's a character with heart. Absolutely. Definitely agree with that. And of course, like a lot of the, the core performances here, like amazing as usual. Alex Lay is Zenitsu, Zach Aguilar is Tanjiro, like. Oh, yeah. The, the core cast is always fantastic. Yeah, we even got some Abby Trot saying full lines as Nezuko. Yes. Also, just Hushabai. Wait, what, Laser? Getting Hushabai song in English was, was, I know that wasn't in these last four, but still. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was really good. I, I have to mention it again, even though I, you know, pretty sure I mentioned it when we actually covered that episode, but just covering the dub as a whole, oh, man, nailed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad I watched it, like, uh, the, the season when it came out in Japanese, but I, I think the dub fans were really eating good with this dub. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad I watched it subbed as well, just because I got to experience it without people going, hey, this animation's crazy before I saw it. I mean, I already knew the plot. I read the manga. But it's been really interesting to go from reading the manga, seeing the sub, seeing the dub, and each time feels unique. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of the nice thing about, like, watching a dub. It's like, you get to see these like little differences that kind of make you view the show in like a different perspective. And I think one of the great things about the Demon Slayer dub, uh, both this season and season one, is that it excels at staying faithful to the material. But Absolutely. it still feels unique in its own right because the delivery just is that good. Well, I mean, there it's one thing to, to hear a Japanese performance read English text. And then it's a completely other thing to hear an English performance because there's so much that goes into that. Yeah, especially when like we're we're native English speakers too. So like yeah. we're we we can hear more subtleties just naturally in English because we're we're used to hearing English. This is why I tend to be the the guy that prefers my anime dubbed more more than uh subbed. I'll do subbed if I have to, but English dubs just carry a lot more weight when done well. And in this day and age, that's that's the norm. Yeah, it's very rare to have a bad English dub nowadays, I feel. They exist. They do. But it's not normal. It's it's noticeable. And people go, what happened to that? And then people will freak out about it and talk about how the entire dubbing industry is just terrible using the exact same three shows. Yeah, I wonder what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, like, the last bad dub I can honestly think of, though, is, like, that original Netflix dub of Ico. God, about that, but yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, I guess there's also that TV Tokyo, like, Gintama dub, too. Yeah, it's not good. an American dub. That's, like, an Oceanic dub. I don't know if that really counts. Yeah, I don't know if it counts either, to be honest. It's like, that wasn't really made for... America, so it's not really a dub production that 
is aimed at us. We just happen to get access to it. Like that's like watching the Malaysian English dub of Dragon Ball and going, "We're going to combine our body," and going, "What's going on?" Well, because it's not for Americans or Brits or anybody that it, it's meant for a Malaysian that speak English as like a second language. But laser, whatever the masterpiece, Big Green dub. Big Green. Okay, Big Green is a case where where you got voice actors who natively speak French and don't speak English at all, and just got told what to say. It's like the ABBA of dubbing. Oh my god, it's Big Green! Let that child alone. Ugh. That's a space warriors. I mean, that, that's the... That's our bar right there. No dub nowadays will ever be as bad as the Big Green dub. Oh, jeez. I mean, I grew up watching some Central Park media dubs. I, 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 my, my bar is pretty low, if I'm being completely honest. I, I expect there to actually be good, good enunciation and not be censored, and that's. And if you can do that, you're at least okay. Yeah, and I'm not super picky when it comes to dubs. To be honest, like as long as it's like listenable and it isn't detracting from my experience, yeah. I, I don't have an issue with it. Like honestly, for me, my minimum standard is um, the uh, Dragon Ball dub that Funimation did for the original series. Yes, it has some inaccuracies. It's annoying, but it's enjoy the dub's enjoyable. Oh yeah, I, I love that dub. It's a good. I dub. do too. It's uh, um, I I get annoyed at certain spots, but honestly, it's how I tend to watch that show. Not the case for Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I go back to that dub, and I rewatched that dub a ton as a kid. Well, I mean, when you're a kid, you don't know any better. I, at this point, I just if I want to watch Dragon Ball Z dubbed, I, I just watch Kai. Yeah, same. Like, man, I'm I'm trying to think of like anything else that was really memorable this time around with season two, and I think like the other thing was really just the amount of effort that goes into this entire final battle with. Daki and Gyutaro, like, it'd be one thing if it was just Tanjiro fighting Gyutaro and Daki, but I really like that it is a genuine team effort. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that. I mean, even Usui's wives are a big part of it, and oh man, <laughs> they, they, they pop me every time they're, they're, they're playing off each other. Yeah, and I love how they're like, their own little parallels to our main trio. Yes. It definitely makes you question, like, uh, Uzui's choice in disciples, that he, his preference in wives is the same as his choice in, like, disciples. I feel like it's almost accidental, because his disciples are just kind of who happened to stop him from taking people who were so not suited for the job. Yeah, I guess so. I it's mean, just, uh, Uzui's flashiness just attracts similar types of people, I guess. I suppose so. I mean, he is the god of festivals. Uh, hearing Bryce Peppenbrook call him the god of festivals, by the way, is just fantastic. Mm, yeah, it totally is. The way he enunciates that just, oh god, I'm laughing my butt off every time I hear him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, there there's so many great deliveries from Bryce as Inosuke this time around. Like, Inosuke is always on point, but... Oh, yes. Man, I, I I just love Bryce's Inosuke voice so much. It's it's perfection. It's the finest of wines. It is one of the finest ones. I, I'm very much a fan of Al Alex Lazen. It's who, although 
I think his best work was early in the season. Late in the season, he's asleep. <laughs> yeah, but man, he's definitely rocking it while asleep. That, I mean, yeah, he absolutely is, but he doesn't say much. Yeah, but I mean, like, the final blow against Daki, though, where Zenitsu is involved, that's so good. Like, it, it really, like, drives home, man, Zenitsu can actually be really useful when he needs absolutely. to. He, he can be can be he he's he's a crouching tiger hidden badass <laughs> yeah yeah i guess like the other thing that sticks out to me too is like uzui's relationship with his wives and like the backstory that's covered in these episodes like i i do like how like this season ends off with uzui deciding okay like i'm, I'm done being a hashira i want to just prioritize like living with the people i care about now he's fulfilled his mission and now he's ready to walk away yep that was very enjoyable to see play out uh in english actually i'd even argue more so than the sub i mean we keep saying it but the way it's presented the way it's spoken it really hits harder yeah and it's one of those things too where it's like yeah you could have given uzui like a tragic end here and had him die off but the fact that like he walks out of this alive and in fact like all of our, like, main players here that were, like, a part of the Demon Slayer Corps really come out of this alive. It's it's a more optimistic message after the tragedy of Mugen Train, where it's like... I actually love that they survived because it's it's more surprising after Mugen Train. Um, yeah. If they just killed them, they, 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 they love going, hey, this looks familiar. Are we going to kill another Hashira? And it's just, you know... Okay, maybe they are it, but then then their survival, and it's like, wait, you could survive this too. It makes it a little more balanced, both emotionally and on you know scaling the the enemy situation. It makes it more sense that uh, the battle hasn't ended yet because you know if if even the Hashira are just dying and dying and dying, well, why are the Demon Slayer still around? Yeah, I mean, it's not only, like, a surprise, but it thematically, like you're saying, it, it makes sense. Because, like, it, it's kind of driving on the point, too, where it's like, you're not, you're not fighting here just to sacrifice your lives. There's an, there's a bigger goal. And, like, our, your lives are not dependent solely on just beating these one set of demons. It's, it's about eventually beating Muzan. And they're going to keep fighting until they can reach that goal or until they're satisfied with what they've accomplished. And for Uzui, that was just beating, like, one Kizuki. But for, say, like, Tanjiro, that's fighting Muzan. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I mean, like, you and I know what's gonna happen yes. in the next arc, <laughs> but, man, I, I think a lot of the anime-onlys are gonna really enjoy what's coming up. Oh, yes. I mean, Swordsmith Village is my favorite arc, so I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I think Entertainment District is still my favorite arc, but uh, Swordsmith Village is definitely top three. It's it's a yeah, really good arc, yeah. and it has some I really mean, great moments for... Uh, Entertainment District characters. is my number two, so <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Entertainment District is very high up there, I think, for most people in general. Oh, yeah, it's it's a really good arc. It it It's short. It's not Mugen Train short, but it's it's short, but to the, it, it's enough 
to really pack a punch, and it's the perfect companion piece to Mugen Train. Like, I don't think it would be as impactful if you didn't have expectations set up from Mugen Train beforehand. Mm, Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, really all I wanted to say about these remaining episodes. I mean, overall, Entertainment District Arc is still amazing. The dub is amazing, and if you haven't watched it yet and you're, for some reason, listening to this, you should go watch it. 100%. 100%. I absolutely agree. So with that in mind, I guess we should get out of here. So, Laser, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime. Uh, you can find my uh, Toonami-focused editorials and Shenmue reviews over on Toonami Faithful. Um, and, of course, I regularly appear on the Toonami Faithful podcast at this point. And other podcasts that you run when whenever we do them. Ah, yes, my irregular army of podcasts at this point. Yes, we, they, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining, they're fun. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm, I'm glad they are. Vlord, where can people, the people find you? Yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ, and then I write various things for all-comic.com, as well as Toonami Faithful, when I have time, which unfortunately has not been recently. Um, and then I also do a bunch of podcasts besides this one, uh, the Dumbweebs podcast with Laser at Dumbweebs Pod, Saturday Night Shoggy at Sat Night Shoggy, and Oversoul Shaman King podcast at Shaman King Pod, and then I also occasionally pop up on the Toonami Faithful podcast at Toonami Podcast. As far as the Demon Slayer podcast is concerned, you can find us on Twitter at Podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash Demon Slayer Podcast, and on the Tsunami Faithful website itself at tsunamifaithful.com slash Demon Slayer Podcast. And the podcast is on basically every podcast streaming platform out there at this point. Spotify, Anchor, Podbay, you name it, we're there. So go look us up, uh, listen to our episodes, write a review, rate us, and just enjoy the episodes. And if uh, you want to give us a little bit of support, you can also check out our Ko-fi over at ko-fi.com slash Podcast, where you can send us uh, any amount of money if you feel willing to give us money. Working on a podcast takes time and effort, uh, so anything you can give is appreciated. So yeah, that does it for this episode, so we will see you guys later. Later.